We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yay, yay! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the VM Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with the one, the only, the big boss man, Nick DeVito. Let's go. Face to face in the stew. That's right. It's a mo- rare Monday in the studio. First baseball recording in the studio. That's right. We have recorded together, but outside of the studio. Yes, we have. Uh, so... I guess this is a good time to plug away in the beginning of the show. Thank you, Nick, for the for the transfer there. So we used our Patreon money and we got some extra equipment. And right, now which has helped a lot. Yeah, so that's why we're able to give you more shows per week, right? So Nick and I usually do this at my apartment, but today we're in studio, Santa Gato Studios with a nice little uh Nice little painting on the wall. Oh, I'm and all the, right out at the VM logo on the wall over there. We got the high-quality microphones up you know in here, the shores. You know what I'm saying? So um, excited to be here. Uh, if you want to contribute to us and the show and you feel as though you want more high-quality microphones and more extra shows, feel free to hop on our Patreon, patreon.com slash veteransminimum. There, you get a whole ton of extras uh, for some money. Actually, later today, we're going to be recording the People's Podcast. Um, for those of you who are longtime listeners, the People's Podcast is where we take opinions from the people or questions from the people and we answer them on a podcast. And that is exclusively... Well, for the public... But right. the questions are exclusively kept to the patrons. Right, right, right. So the public so, gets it, obviously. But the questions, if you want to be on the questions, got to sign up for the Patreon. If you want to so. hear your, your at or whatever your name heard on the podcast... There's your chance right there. For sure, for sure, for and sure. And we do it once a month, so it's always a good time to hear from the people and answer some crazy questions. Questions of all nature. By yeah, the way. we got some crazy ones today. I'm excited to look I'm excited to answer them. But for today we got some questions about the major league baseball season. Um exciting stuff for you today because we are officially one month in. So this is kind of like the official start time where you start to figure out uh who is what and what is who and all other and everything else and what is not exactly and what is not one thing that we know is cc sabathia 
just got his 3,000th K. First of all, congratulations to CC. 3,000 Ks in a hell of a career. Uh, only the third lefty in history to hit 3,000 Ks, 17th overall. Um, so, But this begs the question, because now 3,000 tends to be like a benchmark for a lot of people uh, to consider Hall of Fame credentials. So, boss, in your opinion, is CC Sabathia a Hall of Famer? Yes. I think if you have 3,000 strikeouts, you're automatically in the Hall of Fame. Um, he also has, you know, a ton of other credentials. He has a World Series title, so he's won before. Obviously, 2009, that was his big uh, his big year, his big contract year, where him, Burnett, and Teixeira all came to the Yankees, and they won in the first year of the New Yankee Stadium. He has a Cy Young to his name with the Indians in 07, I believe. Yeah, he does. The full year with the AL. You know, at AL Cy Young during that time, too, it was like kind of just getting over the steroid era, so it's still just as impressive because obviously we know people were juicing. It was an offensive-driven league, uh, whereas now you see more pitching, I feel like, taking over. But he has a Cy Young. He has multiple All-Star appearances. The 3,000 strikeouts. If all goes well and he stays healthy, he's sitting at 247 wins right now. He'll have 250-plus. Which is also a nice number. We love zeros here in in America, right? Yeah. Like, imagine we didn't have ten fingers. I saw someone tweet that, like, "Yo, what would like benchmarks be?" Because everyone just loves zeros. It's true. Like a thousand yards rushing, everyone loves that in the NFL, but it really doesn't mean anything. It's sixty right. yards a game. What it's does just that mean? the zeros, exactly. But uh, anyway, he's he'll get two fifty, which is also like, you know, a number. Three hundred is usually the Hall of Fame number, but two fifty plus is still worthy in this day and age, especially where stars are coming out earlier in the games and bullpens are as big of a factor as they ever been in baseball. So I just feel like he has it all done. He has a sub four year, right? He's had some bad years. Um, actually his last couple years have been good, but before that he was having some bad years. He had some alcoholic issues, right? He had some weight issues. So he's been trying to figure himself out the last like six or seven years or so. And amidst all that, he's still been out there every day, which is a plus, right? Um, I'm sure if you listen to our podcast, you always hear the lamb say, your best ability is availability. So he's out there, um, except for maybe one year he's missing his 20-year career. So, yeah, that's his resume to me is Hall of Fame caliber. Uh, yeah, not only so – I, I want to ask you a question about um, 3,000 Ks in general because uh, that seems to be a number that everyone's caught up on. But I, I want to first talk about CC. You said he made the All-Star team multiple times, six-time All-Star. And most of his career – he will go if he does go into the Hall of Fame. He spent most of his career either with the Indians or the Yankees. He came up with the Indians, signed the big year, signed the big, uh, signed the big contract with the Yankees, and there was a stop in between that maybe some people don't know. And I think that even though he's going to go in as an Indian or a Yankee, that half a season is what puts me over the top. Yeah. To let let me in case you guys are young because I remember this very well because I was a Mets fan, and I'm still a Mets fan. And in 2008, in 2007, the Mets had completely shit away a seven-game lead with 17 games to play. I used to have a shirt, Tim. It said the New York Mets, the great collapse of 07 and 08. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, the great collapse of 08 was because of CeCe Sabathia. Um, so CeCe Sabathia was traded to the Milwaukee Brewers. At the time he was traded there, they were hovering around 500 in the race. But this is a team that had not been in the playoffs for 25 years. In his 17 games starting with the Brewers... He pitched 130 innings. He went 11-2 with a 1.65 ERA. He had seven complete games that year. That's as many or more than 27 other teams in the big leagues. Three complete game shutouts, by the way. His K-to-walks ratio, 128 
to 25. That is 128 strikeouts to 25 walks. That's He got them to the playoffs. That last win was the last game of the season. In that last stretch of the season, he made three starts all on three days rest. That's insane, by the way. That would never happen these days because of fear of elbow injury or something. It's yeah, it's one of a kind. It's it's never it never really happened before that in terms of like the rest and stuff. Never happened again, and probably never will happen again. When he got there, they went twenty and seven in August. Now they collapsed a little bit because of their um, offense in September. So they kept the Mets in it, but they were both had eighty nine wins going into the final game of the season. And CC Sabathia got the W in the last game to send them into the playoffs. Now in the playoffs, they didn't have a great year. But he snapped a 25-year uh, postseason streak of not making the playoffs for the Brewers. He came in and was a complete dominant, like we've never seen before, shutdown ace. Uh, when Ben Sheets went down, remember Ben yes, Sheets? That's 15, one of the you're 15, yeah, that's so. one of the uh, the old school guys. Ben when Sheets. Ben Sheets went down. He stepped up, like I said, made three starts on three days rest each. So that's three starts in in nine days. That's in f- fucking ridiculous. If you think yeah. about, you're usually making f- you're five not starts. even making two starts in right. nine days. You're usually making three starts in about fifteen to seventeen days, depending on off days. Right. So incredible stuff by CC, and that's what really puts him into the Hall of Fame for me. I agree, and that's that should put you in the character Hall of Fame because all that stuff you just did, that's all wonderful, but that was also in a contract year. Yes. So he didn't have to do any of that if he really if he wanted to be selfish and be like, "Yo, I'm not risking it all." But nah, he went to the Brewers, took it in stride, and said, "I'm going to pitch this team to the playoffs." And that's exactly what he did. And yeah, he's like you said, one of three left. He's the same Randy Johnson who's in the Hall of Fame, and Steve Carlton who's also in the Hall of Fame. So yeah. he's well on his way. He probably, I mean, you could argue he might not be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he'll definitely be a Hall of Famer at some point. So I want to talk about that number 3,000 with you because the only players not in the Hall of Fame with 3,000 Ks are Roger Clemens and Kurt Schilling. Controversial figures. Controversial figures, right? Aaron Boone said this. Uh, This is a a quote from Aaron Boone. This is one of those big numbers. There are a handful of numbers in our game, 500 home runs, 3,000 hits, 3,000 strikeouts, 300 wins, which is kind of going away. Those numbers since the 1800s, I think that I think instantly kind of qualify you from a longevity standpoint, and then and then you follow it up with just how good of a pitcher he's been and how dominant he's been at times in his career and how he's been able to evolve to the kind of pitcher he is now. To me, it's a no-brainer. So Aaron Boone, his manager, thinks that he should be in the Hall of Fame. Do you agree that everyone who hits one of those benchmark numbers should probably be there? Um, yeah. I mean, those are like legacy type numbers. They're also, like he said, longevity in his quote. Yeah. As that explains. And Aaron Boone was once his peer. So he knows what CeCe's all about. Yeah, I think he may have played with him in, in Cleveland, um, but he faced him numerous times, right? So he's been on the field with him, and now he's his manager. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. If you hit, was it 3,000 hits, whatever, 300 wins, 3,000 strikeouts, yeah, 500 homers, uh, especially today when they test, you know if someone's juicing or not. I'm sure you can also make the argument that the balls are juiced. I know a lot of people say that because the balls are flying out at, at the highest rates they've ever been. Um, but still... 500 is 500. You have to stay healthy to hit 500. It's hardly done these days. Um, if you go back to early 2000s, it was done a lot, right? A-Rod, Bonds, Griffey. Uh, though it was kind of more prevalent then than it is now. Um, and even for the pitchers, there's better pitching now, but wins don't come as, you know, as I guess as much as they used to. Because if you get a 20-game winner nowadays, you're 
the men, right? You don't see 20-game winners anymore. A couple of years ago, there was zero right. in the league. And there was always like a handful or maybe more. They were like, yo, those are 20-game winners. Like that was the benchmark for A. So not the benchmark, but if you were won 20 games, you were considered a bona fide ace. Right. Now you don't have to win 20 games to be considered a bona fide ace. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I agree. If you hit any of those numbers, probably not. Maybe not a first ballot, depending on how your career went, if you're a winner or the accolades, but you're sure to be a Hall of Famer. Especially because those numbers, like you mentioned with Aaron Boone, they're dwindling numbers. Like, these are numbers that are not going to be reachable in the new MLB. Especially, like, 3,000 Ks. Imagine how long you have to pitch for. If you're throwing 98 miles an hour, you're not pitching for that long. Oh, and you're probably going to miss time with Tommy John, considering how prevalent that is as well. Right. Unless you pull a CC Sabathia and kind of redefine yourself later in your career. I mean, that that is possible. But... I mean, 3,000. That's also like you have to be super humble to do that. To be like, yo, I can't blow it by anyone anymore with my 98-mile-an-hour right. fastball. You got to adjust. And if you want to put it in perspective, like 500 homers is 20 years of 25 home runs or more. Um, 3,000 hits is 15 years of 200 hits. 3,000 strikeouts is 15 years of 200 strikeouts a year. Yeah, and all those, like those are phenomenal seasons. Right. 300 wins is... 15 years of 20 wins so it's like this is these are ridiculous benchmarks that if you can reach them not only were you probably one of the best at your position during your time but you were probably one of the best players ever so i I have to agree um but talking about the hall of fame boss i I have a question for you about the hall of fames because we see these numbers and as baseball moves younger moves more into analytics moves more into specialists I feel like these numbers aren't going to be reached as much and they're going to become lore. So I think it'll probably, until a new crop of baseball writers come in, it'll probably be hard for our generation's players, right? The um, the players that are playing now, not really our generation, but the generation below us, I guess, um, to crack the Hall of Fame, I'm thinking, because they're not going to have these numbers. They're right. not going to have the gaudy stats. The standards got to be changed. Right, the standards are going to have or to be changed. Or probably will be, you know, they'll be leveled out. So it's going to be a difference. So I want to ask you a question. If you had to pick a young player, either in his, like, let's say 27 or younger, right? Someone who has had, like, four to five years big league experience, maybe six. Who who do you think is destined for the Hall of Fame right now? I'm going super young. Okay. I'm going to go young. Real young. He only has one full year uh, under his belt. I'm going to go Ozzy Albies. Okay, seven. Who just re-upped a monster. Not a monster. He got signed for the low, I Yeah, for the real low. The real low for the Braves for a while now, just to buy out those arbitration years and uh, get that money while he can, while he's about, I think he's going to be 30 years old when he's a free agent. So he has one good year, right, under his belt, his rookie year. He he was an all-star. He hit 260 and had 40 doubles along with almost 20. He had 24 home runs, so that's impressive, right? This year, all his numbers are up. His average is up by 20 points so far through one month. His slugging is up almost 40 points. And I can see he hits in the leadoff hole, and he has... I think the Braves are going to be good for a long time. Is also, like, they have good pitching. They have good young pitching and Sorka and Freed. Um, and then he has Acuna as his, his running mate, right? Because he also re-upped. So, I see Albies being a big piece on a Braves team that since they got these guys on such cheap contracts that they can go out and spend now. I could see them contending for titles and accolades 
while Albies is also hitting like 300 in that leadoff hole, compiling 40 doubles, compiling 90 RBIs and 100 plus runs for several years in a row, and hitting 25 plus home runs. I can see that happening. I just lo- I watch him. You know, I do watch him because they're in the NLEs, right? So they play the Mets, so we get them on TV a lot, 18 times a year. That's just on TV, right? But I love fantasy, so I'm always watching, you know, game to game at bats, particular at bats, and he just pops. Mm. Everything he does, every at bat he has is a good at bat. He plays the field like a Gold Glover. He's just the man, and I, I don't know. It's, it's awfully young, but I could see potential Hall of Fame talent in his 22 year old self. That's it's hot because it's young. It but, is. I mean, you. I agree with you. Like, well, there's just some guys where you found the it factor. Right, and you see the it factor from real young, and you're just like, all right, this guy ha- is natural, and he has a future. One of the guys that I felt had the it, it factor from real young was another guy that I watched coming up in the NL East, and I'm very happy that he's not in the NL East because every time he plays the Mets, he tends to crush us anyway. Christian Yelich, I'm going to continue my love affair with Christian Yelich on this program. Um, he's my favorite to to make to make a run to the Hall of Fame, and here's why. When he was a young kid coming up, real young, when he was just 21 in 2013, he showed signs, right? Uh, In just 240 at-bats, he had 69 hits that season, uh, 10 stolen bases, 16 RBIs, 4 home runs, batted 288, had a slugging percentage of 396. So even when he was 21 years old, he showed this uh, spark, this ability to be able to do everything. And it's very rare to be a five-tool player these days. And if you look at Christian Yelich's game, there's no hole in it. Um, There's no place where you can take advantage of him. And I think that's what really gives him his Hall of Fame credentials besides the fact that he's the reigning MVP and besides the fact that that Brew Crew team, because they're pretty young and they're pretty set up for the future, that maybe they go on a couple little runs. And maybe they take a little shot at some championships. They're set up for the now, too. They are. Right? They went out and got Low Kane. They have Josh Hader. They just need some rotation pieces. And a well, like a CC coming in midseason, something like that. Or Zach Davies becoming the best pitcher in the world all of a sudden. He Whoa. had a six ERA last year almost. Yeah. So it's really weird how that happened because um, they let their pitching coach go to Cincinnati. And he became the pitching coach in Cincinnati. And now Cincinnati has a pretty good pitching staff. And they, and, yeah, uh, they found themselves. Sonny Gray's found himself there. Right. Discalfini has also found himself there. On the flip side, the Brewers have the second worst ERA in the National League. But not for Zach Davies. Something's going right with the new pitching coach in Zach Davies. So let's see uh, if that continues. Another guy that could have a chance to be a Hall of Famer as a just a young cat is a guy that I can't believe we have not mentioned on this show yet. We should be ashamed of ourselves. Cody Bellinger of the Los Angeles Dodgers, currently hitting 412. And I just want to let you know this. He's hitting 412 despite going two for his last 10. Um, he was batting 425 on May 1st. Someone batting 400, particularly a lefty against shifts in this in this baseball landscape, is fucking ridiculous and phenomenal. Somehow, Cody Bellinger continues to do it. He is kind of surprising this year. Not It's not surprising that he's a good hitter. Everyone knows that he's a good hitter, and has, he has the ability to kill a baseball. That's been well-documented since he came up and helped the Dodgers uh, almost win a World Series uh, in his rookie season. But this year, he's kind of bringing out something that people didn't expect, and that's the batting average. Batting 412, like I mentioned, his career batting average before this was 264. So it's not exactly like 
he was lighting the world on fire, although 264 is a very respectable average for a lefty these days. You know what's crazy? He's raised that to 279 in one month. Yes. <laughs> with this 412 average. That's insane because that's two years worth of ABs. To give you a to give you a little uh, idea of how much this guy is raking, he's only had 119 at bats and he's had 49 hits in those 119 at bats. Um, 32 runs scored, 38 RBIs, 412, uh, 4 486 on base percentage, 840 slugging, 1.36 OPS. These all lead the league. 100 total bases leads the league. Do you think Cody Bellinger can keep up this? ridiculous pace like do you think that he could be the first player since ted williams to hit 400 nah that's a stretch <laughs> he strikes out way too much to even come close to 400 for me he, right he struck it out 150 i think both times it is it's a little um, it's a little weird to see a guy with a strikeout to walk ratio of 20 to 19 so 20 k's and only 19 walks and be batting 412 that is de- definitely an outlier stat yeah but the that ops i think is the most impressive stat 1.3 because if you, if you look at OPS as slugging plus on base, and I think a single is a two. So he's close to hitting a single every at-bat if you look at that, which is insane. Um, but, yeah, he's leading the league in home runs. He has that power output, and that that swing is perfect for Chavez Ravine. Like, Los Angeles is a hitter's paradise, right? If you get it in the air and you could get it up, especially in the summer, that ball flies out of there. So I, th- I don't know if he'll hit 400. I think 350 is a better line. Even then, I still think he goes under. He always had um, – you said he almost led him to the World Series, but he he's had struggles in the playoffs where mm-hmm. he strikes out a ton. He's not able to get contact. So it's early in the season. Maybe he's made the adjustments. Who knows, right? Because he's now had two full years in the league. Maybe he said, all right, it's time. Like They know my weaknesses. I'm going to adjust. And it's looked really good so far through one month. He's on base nearly 50% of the time. I think it's like 489, which is also bonkers. Um, so yeah, but I don't think it's sustainable. Not for him. Not for he's more of he strikes me as an all or nothing guy. And he's is leading the league in home runs, so he's getting a lot of all right now rather than nothing. Um but I think with his swing, I think slumps will come. Obviously slumps come for everyone, but I could see him going into a deep long slump just because like I said, it's it's a lot of all or nothing with him. His swing reminds me a lot of Ken Griffey Jr. His swing is pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. It's just like it's so it's long, but it's short at the same time. It's long, but but it's quick to the, the point of attack. The finish is long. Right. It's so. like, kind of like Ken Griffey. Right. Like he was so short to the point of attack, but when he was over, he that, that back swing. Yeah, it's yeah. the signature. And I, I mean, it's a little early to compare him to Ken Griffey Jr., but it's I cannot believe that he's batting 412 against the shift. And it makes you think, like, if there was no shift, and this was, like, 1990s baseball, what would he be doing if he had all that open area to play with uh, down the line? and just Maybe, everyone. like, 480. Yeah, right? Fifth, yeah. Maybe 500, 50-50, right? One's maybe. Every, one out of every two. But uh, That's all speculation. I mean, though. of course. Yeah, we're just – obviously, we're playing around. But Cody Bellinger is ridiculously impressive right now, and the Dodgers have been impressive. Um, one, of the, one other team that's been impressive, a team that I shit on last time I was here, um, and they taught me real early, hey, asshole, <laughs> it's only April. Do not count your chickens before they hatch. That's the Chicago Cubs. Um, the Chicago Cubs now have seven straight wins. They're on a 17-5 and five stretch. Um, the last seven games that they have won have put them over 500, and they're in first place after sweeping. I'm putting seven, seven games over 500, excuse me. And they are in first place after sweeping the Cardinals this weekend. Boss, do you think this Cubs team is for real? Yeah, they're loaded. They're loaded. I saw 
it's funny you say that that everyone's shitting on them because you saw how he buys his quote. Or he's like, yeah, they were talking, mm-hmm. we were struggling, we started two and five on the road trip, and now we're winning games, and no one wants to talk about us because it's expected. Well, yeah, winning is expected of you. So what do you do? Like a lot of people expected the Cubs to be here. Maybe not you, Tim, but they're getting performance from right. Quintana has won. I think they've won six or seven straight games. He's won five straight decisions. Five, uh, 1.93, 1.93 ERA in those last five games, and he's only walked five hitters in that time. Right. So he's so been spectacular. Finally paying off because they did give up Eloy Jimenez for them. We can't, can't forget about that. And Dylan Cease, who's lighting up AAA. So for they're finally getting some return because he sucked when he came over here, let's be honest. Um, but, yeah, Chris Bryant hit a grand slam last night, right? If he can ever get going uh, pre-shoulder Chris Bryant and, like, the MVP level Chris Bryant – then that this team can do some damage. Anthony Rizzo has gotten going after his slow start. Uh, he's having he's had a hot last couple of weeks since we last met. Javi Baez is obviously Javi Baez, and they're just getting contributions from everywhere. Wilson Contreras is one of the best hitting catchers in baseball. It's him and Gary Sanchez. I feel like are neck and neck. Um, and the pitching staff is what it is, right? Cole Hamels is having a good year again, who they traded for last year. John Lester is is eh, and. Quintana's leading the way. So even when their aces and other guys are falling, like you Darvish hasn't been all that, they have other guys finally stepping up. So complete team effort. And, yeah, I mean, they're going to be a player in the NL Central. I don't think anyone doubted that besides you. Speaking of speaking, – <laughs> I mean, I had my doubts. Like, I worry about Chris – I'm still not – I still not worry convinced. about Chris Bryant. I still worry about Chris Bryant ever returning to form. He had a nice weekend, right? He had a couple hits. He had that grand slam. So mentally, we hit a grand slam no matter what the score was. It was already a blowout by the time he hit it. But – Whenever you can connect, you definitely remember that the next at bat you go into the next day. But we'll see what happens. I I believe, but I'm hesitant. But I definitely believe. I'm I'm still not I'm not buying this all the way because I think that the Cubs aren't as good. Like the since April eighth, the Cubs te- the Cubs team ERA is two point four eight. The next best in baseball is the Arizona Diamondbacks with a three point four. They're a whole run that's, better yeah, than ridiculous. the next back team. So. You can't expect to keep that up. Right. I also don't think they're the team that had a 70 ERA in the first week and a half of the season either. So I think they, they're going to fall somewhere in between there. But I will say this. If this streak is any indication, this was the fastest any team has ever got out of a hole like that. The Cubs are the first team in 24 seasons to start the year at least five games under 500 and then reach six games over 500 by the 30th game they've played. So... They completely forgot about that. So there's a brand new slate. They're right. they're above six. They're an above 500 team. Um, they are in first place, and they're in the driver's seat again. So it's going to be interesting to see: Are they closer to the team that is playing now? Are they closer to the team in week one, or are they closer to somewhere in the middle? And if you're in the middle, that Brew Crew and those Cardinals, they're not going to. They're not playing around. They're nah, they're coming for not. you. And it's funny too because people shit on Joe Matt have been shitting on Joe Madden like at the start of the year when they were struggling about his old age. And if you look at all the new hires now, everyone's a young guy and like analytics and all that. And Joe Madden, who by the way, like was one of the innovators of the shift. Um, you're like, oh, can he still coach in this era? Whatever is he done? Uh, is he getting enough out of this Cubs team that really needs a push? Relax, Joe Madden. <laughs> One at an old age with the Rays got them to a World Series. One the Cubs or World Series broke the curse only two years ago. Right? So just, just pump the brakes. Give the guy a chance. Give the team a chance to get going. So yeah, I think the I think the Cubs will stick around. And like you said, that that division is absolutely loaded. So for as much of a win streak as they've gone on now, they really just got themselves neck and neck with the rest of the division. They haven't made any up any separation. Uh right? The 
the Cardinals are six games over, the, the Brewers are four games over, and the Pirates are 500. So I know we said coming into this year, we looked at the NLS, one of the more wide-open divisions, as opposed to the L, we kind of see it's top-heavy. And it's playing to that right now. The NL East is tight. The mm-hmm. NL Central is tight. And if you look at the NL West, too, it's tight as hell. So, yeah. Which, so, I mean, the, the expected kind of players are at the top. Who do you think has the least is least likely to stay at the top as of right now? Um, in the NL. Sorry, I'm putting you on the yeah, spot here. Yeah, it's a tight here. one, yeah. It's a, it's a tight one. It is. The Mets, know. the Mets just fell under five hundred. The Mets have been struggling big time. They've been str- they've they're like hit. seven and fourteen in the last twenty one or something. They can't hit. They scored one run. They they scored less than two runs the last week. By the way, Ron Darling got um, he went in for a chest situation, uh, get something removed. And they found out he has thyroid cancer. Uh, so we give our best to Ron Darling. If you are um. If you're not from the New York area and you don't know Ron Darling, he's on the CBS. TBS. I mean, TBS uh, playoff games. Him, Gary Cohen, and Keith Hernandez are, in my opinion, the best broadcasting trio. I agree. In baseball, uh, they they make really unentertaining Mets games entertaining for years. Um, so we wish Ron Darling the best. If you're around Twitter or something like, just give him a shout out right now. Um, I don't know what his Twitter handle is, but I'm sure if you search Ron Darling, it'll be up there. Yeah, he's on the Ron Darling Jr. There you go. Gary, Keith, and Ron is another Twitter handle that you could find them at. So um, just, you know, well wishes for Ron Darling, and we hope you have a speedy recovery. He said he's going to be back in the booth within the next month because the doctors think it's treatable. So uh, Godspeed to you, man. Um, Yeah. Uh, So he's going to miss time out of the booth. Smooth transition. And we just found out that Corey Kluber, in a comeback that hit him in the arm, has a small fracture in his arm. Yeah. He's going to be out a month. That was scary. That's on top of Mike Clevenger. Don't remind me. And the Twins are murdering right now. I got to say, boss, that was your best call. I'm so, so far. looking at it at the sports book. They were 3-1 to one, like in the preview. They're now 2-1, to one, dogs. There you go. And, and the Indians are still favorite. I don't know how, especially after this injury. So it's... The Twins are making some noise. The Twinkies are here to stay. They're for real. I, I have to bite my tongue because I didn't even give them the, the presence of mind last episode to to even name them as a contender, and I got called out a lot on Twitter. I'm not going to lie. Did you? But the Twitter mentions were popping. Like, Yo, how could you not mention the Twinkies? Twinkies, bro. Yeah, man. I, I got to bite the bullet on that one. Um, What do you think, man? Are, are, if you're the Indians, are you panicking at this point? Uh, I definitely am because you came into the season with Carrasco, Bauer, uh. Obviously, Kluber and obviously Clevenger as your four. That was your 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 core to take you over the top, right? Because you lost Michael Brantley. Your outfield performance has been shit. I think they're hitting like 220 collectively if you combine all their stats. So it's been a poor performance team-wise. Jose Ramirez has gotten off to a very slow start. Uh, Lindor is back. He missed the first couple weeks with injury. You get him back. Then Clevenger goes down. Kluber goes down. Kluber's timetable was three to four weeks with no baseball activity. So... He has no timetable right now because once he picks up, he's probably going to have to go into rehab games. And who knows how long that takes. So probably if you're being optimistic, I'd say all-star break. And that's a whole month and a half right there. So the Twinkies, bats are rolling. Yeah, they are. Um, and a, Nelson Cruz, man. I keep I keep underestimating Nelson this Cruz. fucking guy. He just keeps coming Everywhere in he goes, and he bopping. Rakes. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Especially like he goes to Seattle. He rakes in a non-traditional hitter's park. That's not a hitter's park at all. Goes to Minnesota, not a hit his park. He's raking. Um, so, yeah, they went out, and they were aggressive this offseason. They got Scope, uh, Marwin Gonzalez, who's off to a slow start. Nelson Cruz, 
So I love what the Twinkies did. I love what they did. Barrios is pitching like an ace. Mm. Um, they have some good pitching. Their bullpen is sort of a question, but it's their offense that's really carrying them early on in the season. Uh, Max Kepler is having a great start to the season. Jorge Polanco at shortstop is having a great start to the season coming off a steroid suspension. And Tim, looming in the wings is Miguel Sano, who's coming back from injury. Now he's struggled a ton, right? He's hit below 200 last year. He also battled injury and weight issues. He came in out of shape at the start of last year. So he last year was kind of a wash for him. Coming back this year off injury, he provides pop. It's just can he get on. So, honestly, the way they're rolling right now, if you could just hit him in the eighth hole and just take his home runs for what they are and his shitty average for what it is, why not? I was going to say there's like, room for a guy plus. like that this yeah, year, Yeah, that's there's... what I'm saying. Like, the offense is so good this year. So, yeah, back to the original question. If I'm the Indians, I'm I'm worried. I'm worried about my division hopes. They're sitting below them right now. The Going into the weekend, the Twins had the best record in baseball until they lost two out of three to the Yankees. I have to throw that in there. But – there was no Barrios that that series, and they took three out of four from Houston the series before that. So, yeah, I got love for the Twinkies, man. And if you're the Indians, sure, there's there's wins to be had, like we said in that division, right? The Royals are garbage, the Tigers are garbage. You could stack wins in that division. The White Sox aren't all that. They're playing five. They're close to five hundred ball. I feel like they a lot have of- some. They have some bats, but their pitching is you can beat up on. So. If you can just beat up on those teams, you got to hope the Twins. The Twins are so good, man. I, it's going to be hard for the Indians to stay afloat. It, there's a lot of uh, inner interdivision beating up on each other already in this division, and that's kind of. I think that's why there's a little bit of inf- some inflated records uh, with the White Sox and with the the Tigers and these. I don't think either of those teams are as good as they look, and they've they've been playing a lot in division. So, right. I'm nervous too, man. Like just looking, the the Indians really didn't have to deal with any real threats. Um, I know that the Twins won that division. Not, I'm sorry, made the wild card a couple a couple years ago, but they only made it with 85 wins. So they haven't faced a real division threat in a while. And the, the, like you said, I'm not gonna harp on it now, but these Twins are a real are the real deal. Yeah, that lineup is sick, and it's fun. Max Kepler is one of those guys that if you looked in advanced analytics, his Average um, fielding independent average uh, was would have been really high. He just got unlucky last year. Now right. he batted two thirty, so uh, you can't can't really you know expand expand that. But that's a team that looked at Max Kepler, gave him the contract, gave him confidence, and now he's playing with confidence and he's getting a little luckier. And he's just another one example of of someone on that team that's uh, just one of those guys that is raking for the Twins right now. Um, speaking of raking, I love raking. <laughs> I love people who rake. Pitchers who rake. That's also pitchers who rake. Trying to trying to do a hashtag when we're talking about taking away the DH from the the NL for sure. It's like nah, pitchers who rake. Vlad Junior. Let's talk about rakers. Uh, talk about not raking. That's not talking about <laughs> raking. Vlad Junior. has struggled out of the gates. That one uh, double that he had. Um, and a one for six performance in like extra innings against right. the A's uh, has been his highlight. Uh, he has a one RBI uh, since he's coming up. Now he is the highest touted prospect, and his dad was in the stands, and a lot of people make a lot of big deal about him. I, I saw actually a, a good thing at veteransminimum.com. I mean at veteransminimum on Instagram. Cheap plug. Um, we have a video that says Justin Smoke was his oh, first yeah. RBI was Vlad, driving in Vladimir Guerrero Senior. And Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s first RBI was driving in Justin Smoke. So that was a cool um, little tidbit. Tim Kirchin, 
is one of my favorite guys. He always comes out with those little tidbits. Um, but that's besides the point. The real point is, are you nervous about Vlad Jr.? Is it too is it too early to call him like uh I don't want to want to say a bust, obviously, but is it too late to say he was a little overrated? I don't know if he's overrated. I think he's just dealing with immense pressure. And it's weird because you wouldn't think you'd have immense pressure playing in Toronto, right? A team that's not expected to be well or play well this year. Like you have the Red Sox in the division, you have the Yankees in the division, and now you have the Rays too up there. So you're not really expected to compete, but you're touted as the number one prospect, right? You're you're not up with the big club. Uh, You had that injury, obviously. So there was hype in all spring training. Then it's like roster questions of service time. Oh, they're gonna, and then the injury happens. Like, oh, now it's it's such a break for the Blue Jays. Don't have to worry about that. Then he's like, all right, when is he coming up? He's raking in Buffalo. He's raking in AAA. When is he coming up? When is he coming up? They announce it like days in advance. Like, yeah, Friday. This is like on Tuesday that he's coming up. So it's all set out. Like this is Vladdy's day. Blah blah blah. And he comes up. He goes, what did he go? One for five or whatever it was. One for six in his debut. Vlad's in the stands. Uh, Vlad Senior. Yeah, in the box. So that's so much pressure. Like everyone knows who your dad is. Your dad's there watching you. You know he, his impact on the game. There's a lot going on. He went to the Raptors game the next day, and everyone gave him a standing ovation. The whole arena, like everyone knows who he is. So he's expected. There's big things expected from him. The mayor of Toronto said his name. Yeah, yeah. So it's in, just in like, yo, I don't know. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he hits like 220 or 240 this year. Has an underperforming year just because of all the pressure. I think he'll have a great career. I'm just saying, I think he might have a slow rookie year. I'm not buying into the hype this year. Boss, I'm going to Aaron Rodgers you right now. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Nah, bro. He'll be all right. But I do think He'll be this okay. Is, I More than I blame the player, I really blame the way that it was handled. Because I think that these days, like you, it's hard to hide things from people. So... The Blue Jays are making it very clear that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is being called up so we have an extra year of control over Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And that can inspire a player to kind of lose touch a little bit, I feel like. Like, you you take a look at a couple of examples. We talked about Max Kepler, right? That's a guy who didn't deserve the contract that he got necessarily, but he signed a team-friendly deal and his team gave him confidence. Look at Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso is the front runner for rookie of the year right now in the NL, killing the ball. He just hit a game tying home run in Milwaukee in the bottom of the ninth inning off Jim Jeffries. Too bad that, no, not Jim Jeffries. Uh, Hader wasn't pitching, but some, someone else was pitching. And he was brought up even though he was in Vlad's situation where we would have got an extra year out of it. And it inspired him. He played well because the team had confidence in him. Do you think the fact that he was brought up at this time? Is something that's affecting his play. I could see it, but I could, like I said, I think it's just it, well. That's also another outside factor. That's like just adding on top of the pressure. Like you know, you're under control for another year. I mean, we see all these contracts given out now. So who knows? Given like like we said, Ozzy Albies earlier, Acuna, they all signed team friendly. Luis Severino, Nola, all these guys signed team friendly deals to buy out arbitration. So. At the end of the day, maybe it won't be about service time. Maybe he'll just buy out his arbitration years by signing a a lower, you know, a longer term for team friendly money. So I don't know about all that, but I just think it's it's just the pressure. I think it's gonna be too much for him this year. I really do. I mean, we'll see when summer comes around because we all know Toronto doesn't pump up. They they're a great sports town. I'm not gonna shit on them for that, but their crowds are kind of low, mm-hmm. right? Their attendance is low. 
Um, especially, like I said, that I don't think they're going to be doing well this year. So he's expected to lead the way. He's the face of that franchise right away. And it's crazy because they had Marcus Stroman, who's very adamant and, you know, outspoken on social media. Uh, he's very personal on the mound. Like, he carries a ton of charisma. Mm-hmm. You know where he is at all times. So you have guys like him, and then it's just Vlad. And, and what else? is There's good prospects behind him. Like, Dante Bichette's son is behind him. Greg Biggio's son is also in that farm system who's expected to be a big player. But right now, it's just it's not really there for him. It's Vlad. It was it Freddie Galvis, Justin Smoke. Like, look at the guys that are there right now. They trade away Kevin Pillar, who was kind of their – they called him Superman in center field because he is a great center field. He's a gold glover. He, already, he made a, a crazy catch just yesterday, I think. Yeah, hanging on the wall. Yeah. You saw that? That was pretty dope. Yeah. But other than that, like, everything is expected from Vlad. And if he's not delivering – it's like, oh, then why am I going to watch the Blue Jays? Yeah. And he's not delivering right now because all that weight is on his shoulders. That's how I feel. And they were already talking about unloading Marcus Stroman and unloading guys like Justin Smoke because oh, yeah. they want to just do a complete rebuild around Vlad Guerrero Jr., which makes sense. Yeah. You can't you can't even be mad at it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they have prospect. They have Bichette. They have um, Craig Biggio's son. I miss, um, his name is escaping me right now. But, yeah, if you can get – prospects that are close to MLB ready and bring them up together as a core. Why not? Although I think Stroman is young enough to stay with this core. Smoke is a vet. So Smoke you can get. And he's a lefty power bat, so he'll yield some prospects. For sure. Um they say trust the trust the process over the production. So you're not worried. Um I'm not worried, no. I, I think that look, he's a young kid. He's got a lot of pressure on him, like you said. His bat speed is just phenomenally fast. I would like to see him lose his gut, honestly, though. Yeah. Like, what's what's your, you yo? You I'm grew, sure that'll come. You grew up rich, bro. I, I know I know how much money your dad made. It was public knowledge. Like, you weren't a poor kid in the Dominican. You know what I mean? Like, there's no reason for you to have a beer belly right now. There's no reason for you not to have the best trainers and the best. Like, a kid like Fernando Tatis Jr., he looks like he's in phenomenal shape. He looks like he's the best athlete on the field. Vlad Guerrero Jr., if you saw him in the park, he wouldn't look like the best athlete on the field. <laughs> nah. So I think that concerns me more, the fact that he's a little fat and that he he's kind of just like already resting on his laurels, which makes me nervous because although I fuck with the—I I, I, I talk about this a lot on Brodo. Like I'm, I'm a, I fuck with legacy, right? I feel like if you are a legacy player, then you are more likely to be better. Like I could trust your genes more. Then I could trust like a regular person, right? Yeah. I could trust Craig Bezio's son because I knew who Craig Bezio was, yeah. right? But at the same time, there that's is how you really feel you fuck with that. Like that? I do, I, like that's why yo, they used to be. That used to be how kings were decided. You know what I mean? I mean that's true. So like, I just don't know if I could really be like, yo, that's his boy. Like he'll be all right. That's why Equinemia St. Brown is my guy because his dad was a weightlifting champion. His mom was an Olympic champion. Sign me up. It's I'm cool. in. I'm in. I want to give that guy a try because he has the right genes. Okay, I think I think genes are are a very underrated part I of everything tell. in life. Like <laughs> I do think that I I I want everyone to be equal, and I think equality is very important. But I think sometimes in the fight for equality, we get lost in individualism. We get, we lose our individualism, and there is something to be celebrated about individualism. And genes has a lot to do with that. And like I feel like I have a better ear for music than than most, just because my dad was a musician, and. You know, I feel I feel as though 
if a baseball player had a baseball player dad that he has a better chance <laughs> of just being on it right away. Yeah. If not just because he was around the clubhouse, you know, like right, I, was, right. I was listening to Gary Sheffield interview with, um, I, I can't remember his name, but he's a reporter that sounds like this. <laughs> I, I can't remember his name, but he was doing an interview with Gary Sheffield on the Herd Network. And uh, he was talking about how he used to see uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. around the clubhouse and how he used to just like, and, and Prince Fielder's uh, so, uh, oh, Cecil Fielder, right? Prince. Cecil Fielder's yeah. son Prince around the clubhouse, and he's like, "Those kids, they love the game, and they just wanted to be there every second. And when you have access like that, yeah, you have all the resources in the right, world. Right? You got all the resources, and the fact that he has all the resources and he doesn't have a six pack. Like sometimes I think about myself. Like if I had a nutritionist behind me, and if I had a personal trainer every day, what kind of potential do I have? Imagine this fucking guy who's Vladimir Guerrero's son. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's the only thing that would be worried with me. Like they yo, probably cooked him whatever together. he wanted. That's why. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like yo, enough. Enough arroz con pollo and get some just like pollo. Grow up, son. Con lettuce. All right. <laughs> so, um, that's what we got for you today. Uh, that is the MLB show. Next week, I no, I'm sorry. In two weeks, we are a biweekly show. In two weeks, we have a extremely. Um, good episode for you quarterly reports our baby. quarterly award show we're gonna give you the mvp the manager of the year the rookie of the year we're really gonna get into it the gold gloves we'll do nah let's not do the silver sluggers we'll do the silver sluggers um we'll get we're all the deep. awards we'll go deep so uh tune in for that for sure uh in the meantime though if you want to talk baseball with us you can join our patreon veteransminimum.com i'm sorry patreon.com slash veterans minimum again that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash veterans minimum no apostrophe and you will be able to sign up for our discord which is one of our our main um features yeah features that's what i said i was gonna say perks right one of our main perks is you get to talk to us you need to, yeah, I don't, if you guys don't know how discord works you can do at somebody and they get a personal notification to their phone like if someone says at tim Patrop, yo i got you i'm, I'm gonna answer you you can say at everyone if you want to have a group conversation. It's a big-ass group chat. It's a big-ass group chat, and not for nothing, it's a fire group chat because the people in the chat are fire. Um, we got a lot of good fans that are there. If you are already supporting, thank you so much for your support. Um, a lot of people uh, in that Discord have been supporting us since day one. Um, and yeah, if, if you want to be one of those people and you want to talk baseball with us, we have our entire MLB chat. Uh, go hit it there. You could also hit us on uh, Facebook and Twitter. I just want to give a couple of shout outs to some of the people um, that are currently in the MLB chat, uh, chatting up MLB. Shout out to uh, Karen, Kieran Diesel, who's new to the to the Discord. Shout out to Sean Minimir. Kieran Diesel has been in there. I talk hockey a lot with him. Okay, so That's he's new to the guy. MLB. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. thank you. So, uh, We're young, in the NHL a lot. Okay, Young Tequila. I like that name. Big Excellent. Twins fan, by the way. Yes, yes, yes. Borns, of course. We can't forget Borns. Ichino, 12. Ichino has has been a strong supporter uh, for us. Madi G is out here. So, yeah, we got a lot of good guys. I'm, I'm actually just like reading some of this stuff. It's great. It's great. They're talking about the Twinkies in here. Of course. So, uh, let, so yeah, uh, hit that up. If you want to hit us up on Twitter as well, you can find us at at Veterans Minimum on all social media outlets. Uh, Nick, where can they find you? At individual 27 on Twitter and the gram. Also, you could find me at Timpatrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Don't forget to check out any everything that's coming out of Sanding Auto Studios. Also, everything that's coming out of VM right now, we have the 
evergreen shows, which is just kind of like, um, you know, topics that aren't necessarily one sport concentrated or not necessarily weekly or stat driven. It's more of a general conversation. That's where you get to see more of the personality of the guys. We get to laugh a little bit. Um, this last Monday episode, we just completely went off the rails. Oh, yeah. So uh, that was fun. Um, so, yeah, we got that. We got what else we got? We got boss. We got the NBA show. We got everything. We got the NFL show. Uh, we got it. We got special MMA shows coming at you. We got a whole bunch of stuff. They've been asking for the NHL show, boss. <laughs> They've been asking for you, bro. We could do it next season, possibly. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But, in, hey, for those of you who've been asking for the NHL show, there might not be an NFL show, but boss is in that chat regularly. Discord. I haven't been Discord. in there the last couple of days because I'm mourning my Islanders. Oh, man. But I will be back in it's probably It's probably just like... It's like rigor mortis. You can't, like, you can't move your hand. You know when your team gets knocked out and you want nothing to do with the sport for like a few days? Yeah. That's how, exactly how I feel right now. <laughs> That's been me for almost a week now. For me, I'm so used to... I'm so used to my team being out that I kind of, it ramps up my, like the MLB playoffs. I love it, even though the Mets are never in it. Um, anyway, uh, that's all for our show today. Remember to tune in next week. Remember to tune in to everything we got. This goodbye has been taking too long already. See ya.